Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 62 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post that I published on June 11th, 2015. But today I'm going to be talking about a lecture I really enjoyed also. MIT professor Zainab Tan from the Sloan School of uh, Management. She's formerly of Harvard Business School. That's where she has her uh, PhD in, uh, in business. She's also an industrial engineer, originally uh, like I am. And she gave an engaging lecture on her book uh, that's titled The Good Job Strategy, How the Smartest Companies Invest in Employees to Lower Costs and Boost Profits. Um, I highly recommend it, the Kindle version. If you read books that way, it's only $5.99. Or it's actually free if you have the Kindle Unlimited membership. Um, I really suggest that you check it out. I read the book and uh, really loved it. So uh, Professor Tan framed the problem in retail workplaces as what she calls a bad job strategy, um, something that's sadly the norm in retailing, and that's the area you know she's focused uh, her research on. This bad job strategy causes many problems for employees as well as for us as customers. You know, in bad jobs. People are treated like robots. They're not trained. They're, they're left to fend for themselves in chaotic environments. You know, in bad jobs, people aren't certain. It's not just about wages. They're not certain how much they're going to work or then therefore earn in a given week. They're not able to really hold down a second job because of uh, changing and unstable schedules. So you know, back in 2007, I wrote a blog post about complaints with Walmart's scheduling practices. I've, I've linked to it if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 62. Um, then that post I wrote you know, about how Walmart was trying to chase demand with staffing levels in 15 minute increments. And their approach might be intended uh, to minimize waste, but is it respectful of the people doing the work and, and the lives they're trying to live? You know, in bad companies, uh, people says, reported by Ton, um, you know, quote, we're throwaways, a dime a dozen, human robots. And the strategy, it's bad for workers, it can be bad for companies, although Professor Tan says a company can make money with the bad job strategy. It's just they do so at the expense of workers and or customers, and maybe it's not sustainable. You know, she describes a vicious cycle. You could also call this a negative reinforcing loop for those who know system dynamics. Um, in a vicious cycle, things get worse and worse as you keep going through the cycle. So this cycle includes you've got low labor budgets, which leads to low quality and or quantity of labor. That leads to poor operational execution. That leads to low store sales and profits, which leads to more pressure to reduce labor budgets. And the cycle continues. Now, you know, it's not clear where the cycle necessarily starts. And maybe it depends on the organization. But as Professor Tan pointed out, too many retailers view employees as a cost, a line item to be managed in budgets and the P&L statement. You know, she said too many retailers that um, they're, they're pursuing the low cost strategy might convince themselves that the only way to be a low cost retailer is to pay low wages, to staff stores at a bare minimum level or understaff them, and to not invest much in employees. So, you know, she points out there are organizations that choose a different path, something she calls the good job strategy. That's, that's again, the title of her book. There are retailers who manage to compete in low-cost settings who invest in their employees and don't treat them like mindless cogs in a machine. So my observation is that hospitals, most hospitals, unfortunately, are choosing something that's closer to the bad job strategy. And patients and medical professionals suffer as a result, which then arguably hurts their bottom line over time. 
Hospital jobs usually rank high in having meaning and purpose, but they might be bad jobs for other reasons. Now, it's a fact that labor costs are the highest single line item in a hospital's annual budget and spending. It's typically 60 to 70 percent of their budget. So it's natural that executives would look first uh, to, to try to reduce or minimize labor costs as a way of boosting their bottom line. You know, but are they getting into that vicious cycle that Ton describes? Even if the hospital offers competitive wages, the number of labor hours is usually prescribed to a number that's measured and managed on a daily basis, if not hourly. Being understaffed leads to poor quality work and worse outcomes for patients. Now, hospitals also make choices that undercut their ability to improve workflows and processes. The typical game plan for a hospital is to look at the amount of direct work to be done, such as patient census or volumes, and then adjust staffing accordingly. And, and patient census is not always a predictor of how much work there is to be done. Nurses rightfully complain about being sent home early when the census is lower than expected. The hospitals, you know, they say things like, well, we have to send nurses home, but it's really a choice. The alternative choice would be to pay nurses or other staff to do indirect work, such as process improvement. Too many hospitals send a message that they only value a nurse for their ability to do direct patient care, but they do not value their creativity or ability to help improve patient care. And that can create job dissatisfaction and turnover, which gets us into that, uh, that, that um, death spiral, or that negative reinforcing loop um, that, we, uh, that Professor Tan described in her work. You know, if people are mad they're not able to earn a full day's pay as they expected, that's going to cause a lot of other problems. Now, in her book, Professor Tan explains how Costco asks her volunteers to take a few hours off if demand is lower than expected. Volunteers. And if nobody volunteers, Costco, quote, eats the cost and they're able to use employees' time in other ways since they're generally more broadly cross-trained than employees at most other stores. So the, the good job strategy, what is this better strategy that's used by retailers like Costco, Trader Joe's, and others? So there's five components that Professor Tan uh, points out. One, offer less. Don't try to sell all things to all people. Two, standardize and empower. Have standards, train people well, engage them in improvement. Three, cross-train. That's another way to invest in people that pays off for the company and customers. Four, operate with slack. Don't insist that everybody is busy all of the time. And five, invest in people, not just pay them well, but treat them well and train them well. As Tom points out, all of this together is a system where you can't pick and choose just one or two of these strategies. And that should remind you of Lean, by the way. The strategy works because it all works together in a very interconnected and mutually supportive way. So you can read more about this if, if you don't buy the book. Um, she had a Harvard Business Review article that I've linked to why good jobs are good for retailers. And as I say all the time about lean and healthcare, a strategy like this benefits everybody, the customers, the employees, and the company. In healthcare, it's patients, employees, and physicians, and the health system. Everybody wins. So as Tan illustrates, you then get a virtuous cycle or a positive reinforcing loop of high labor budgets, good quality and quantity of labor, good operational execution, which leads to high store sales and profits, which means you can continue the high relatively high labor budgets. 
So I could write a blog post on, on each of these five good jobs points, and, and I've already written about them a lot on this blog. So let me focus on the importance of Slack. So being overstaffed is bad. You know, if we're spending money and employees aren't accomplish anything of value or helpful to the company, but yet trying to keep everybody 100% busy means either that we create long waiting times for customers uh, or patients, or we create disgruntled workers when we jerk around their schedules or send them home early. And in the book, Professor Tan describes the benefits of being a bit overstaffed. But again, this is often the right long-term strategy. You know, in retail, being understaffed might mean you're throwing away revenue as customers give up and balk at long lines. They don't want to wait in the register line to pay. In healthcare, understaffing can hurt patient satisfaction or, more importantly, safety and quality. So what does that cost you? You know, and, and you can see my previous post about this, why it's not a good idea to keep 100% busy. Again, if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 62. And I also recommend a book I really love that's all about the need to not be 100% busy. And that book was called Slack, Getting Past Burnout, Busy Work, and the Myth of Total Efficiency. Uh, Alan Robinson and Dean Schroeder also wrote about the need for Slack in the context of Kaizen in their ASQ article, The Role of Frontline Ideas in Lean Performance Improvement. They highlighted a Scania truck factory in Sweden, and they wrote, quote, to ensure workers have enough time to implement the improvements, every team has built in Slack. It is deliberately overstaffed by two positions. If additional resources or authority are needed for a specific idea, it is escalated up to the idea board of the next level of management, end of quote. So the slack time, it's not, it's not waste. It can be used in a lot of productive ways, you know, training in your existing specialty, cross-training in new tasks, roles, or areas, participating in continuous improvement, or providing better service or care to your patients. So just as no organization was ever forced to lay off employees in a bit of a downturn, no organization is, is forced to send people home early. And so um, I, for, for that reason, Slack, I think, is a, an underappreciated strategy. As somebody said at uh, Society for Health Systems Conference one year, the, the desire to track and, and hit a daily productivity goal, that daily productivity goal was the biggest barrier to ever improving daily productivity because people weren't given the time to work on improvement. Managers weren't given that freedom to schedule people to do productive things uh, for the long term. And so uh, I think it's a really important strategy. I really do recommend that you check out Professor Tan's book and the others that I mentioned here. And kind of final thing, you know, when I introduced myself to her after her lecture, I was, I was surprised. She recognized my name and that I'm a graduate of the Leaders for Global Operations program at MIT. And she said, I quoted you in my book. And so that's not the only reason I, I bought the book that day. But I will admit to, to going through the search and eventually I, I found the passage too as, as I was reading where she says uh, from the book, Mark Graben, an expert on lean implementation, and that's, that's far too kind of her to call me uh, an expert, but she says, you know, it makes a similar observation. She quoted one of my blog posts where I wrote, in many lean implementations, including mine in hospitals, we insist on no layoffs due to lean, and management makes that pledge. If employee input is critical to lean improvements, layoffs will understandably kill most of the enthusiasm for lean. We need to try to think of employees as partners in providing value and improving quality, not heads to be cut. So again, I, I recommend check this all out. 
If you go to leanblog.org slash 62, you can see uh, a couple of videos of Professor Ton talking about this. There's a TEDx talk that's uh, you know kind of typically about 10 minutes long as those go. And I want us to think about, you know, how do we create more good jobs strategies in healthcare? You know, do, I'm curious to hear if you want to come post a comment. Do you think your organization is more of a bad jobs or good jobs environment? If it's a bad jobs environment, um, how do employees and customers or patients suffer? And can you see a financially successful future in which good jobs are the norm for your organization? Podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com.